This week, we're taking the train into dangerous territory. Like, literally. We're talking about the lovable, huggable, man-eating animals. Plus, I have a very special guest with me, so buckle up. Listener discretion is always advised. All aboard the Midnight Train. Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train, where we bring the dark to light. Yes, of course, we make fun of and joke about creepy stuff while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Yeah, we're a comedy podcast, and things can get pretty dark pretty quick considering the things we talk about. So if you're not into that, listen, we get it, no hard feelings, but if you are, thanks for being here with us, and let's have some fun today. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer, and with me today, well, Moody is actually uh, sick, and then Logan was going to come in, but he's sick. So then somebody really awesome decided to step up and do the show with me today. It's my beautiful wife, Grace. (laughs) Hi, guys. Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm tired. Uh, Me too. That's all right. Yeah, we know this is uh, this episode's a little bit late this week. That's because of everyone getting sick and us trying to work schedules and everything else. It's so weird. And then today, I was just like, "Hey, you know, honey, would you like to do this?" And you were like, "Okay." I was like, "Yes." Actually, it was more like, "If I have to." (laughs) No. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, we hope that Moody and Logan and everybody else out there. I hope you're feeling better because, yeah, you know, everyone's getting sick right now, and everyone, whether it's the C word, which you can't say on here because the flag your episode. Oh, I'm like, yeah, that word. No, not that C word. I'm here. (laughs) Not that C word. My mind. No, the one that rhymes with schmovid. That one. Yeah. Not runt. Not runt. Okay. Correct. Yeah. So listen, um, our Patreon bonus for this last week, I actually dropped something new, a new bonus segment called F That Guy, where um, I'll be discussing the biggest dirt balls and scumbags to ever grace our planet. See what I did there? Grace Ooh, our planet. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. Yeah. And uh, so this uh, first episode I did was on Edmund Kemper. And if you don't know who that jerk is, well, do us a favor, sign up for our Patreon, support the show and get all kinds of cool bonuses, right? Yes. That's it. That's that's the all the business stuff. We're going to save the rest until the end. You guys know how we do it. Let's just get into this. Let's turn down the lights, adjust our seats, grab a drink, and let's get spooky. But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. my hype song i like it i wrote this did you yeah it's a good one yeah gets everybody hyped up ready to go yeah i'm on the edge of my seat right now is it working for you (laughs) doesn't take much okay so tonight we're gonna talk about something everyone loves something everyone needs, and uh, something both Moody and myself know quite a bit about. That's right, platonic love between two males. Uh, Oh, no, I'm kidding, obviously. No, wrong podcast. Actually, it's food. 
food. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be food. I know what you're thinking. You're, you're thinking to yourself right now, self, right? How is this creepy? Well, let me tell you. Um, it's creepy because uh, it's uh, creepy when humans are actually on the menu and they're the food. Oh. Yeah. Kind of, you think? Okay. think that's kind of creepy. It's a little creepy. Yeah. So today we're talking about man eaters. And no, not the uh, Hall & Oates classic, you know. He's the man eater. <laughs> awesome. We, we saw them in concert. We did see them yeah, in concert. They, they were, were really good. They were so good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're talking about animals who, uh, you know, put humans on the menu and put them in the oh, ground. Animals. Yeah. Not people. No, not cannibals. <laughs> animals, not cannibals. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. So, throughout time, humans have come to be thought of as the top of the food chain, right? Yeah. We're the top dog out right. there. For the most part, we are because we have no real natural predators aside from ourselves. And aliens. And, and, and wow. I'm in sounds like you chair. might. I was about to say, yeah. it sounds like you've been here before. <laughs> but this can change when humans encroach on an animal's territory. There are several reasons animals can attack humans. Not all attacks turn into man-eating scenarios, but it is important to understand why animals attack. Okay? So we're going to run through these real fast. Okay. One preserved perceived threat or fear so most animals face the, the uh, threat of uh, predation, predation right other animals or things coming after them so to avoid the risk of being injured or killed animals employ tactics to fool predators in some cases that's us you know the humans because right. we're predator tickets and we're stupid yeah. yeah exactly in the event those strategies fail their killing instincts kick in and they launch attacks so, Cape Buffaloes, a.k.a. Black Death, which is just an amazing name for an animal, is the best example. So, Cape, uh, Cape Buffalo is uh, their most aggressive when it's uh, been wounded or if they detect a threat to the young ones in the herd, which happens quite a bit in the world of animals. Lions could attack humans out of fear to defend themselves when they are approached at close range because they're afraid of us. Right. So, they lash out. Uh, the second one is for food, obviously. When a uh, carnivorous Carniv- carnivorous my brain is today when a carnivorous animal attacks a human wildlife experts often point to the absence of wild prey species according to a study in the journal human wildlife interactions researchers at the berryman institute of utah uh, utah state university analyzed leopard attacks in and around benzar wildlife sanctuary in india okay they concluded that leopards had been forced to kill livestock um, due to the uh, low population of their natural prey in certain cases, leopards also become man-eaters. And we'll talk about a couple of those. So, in other words, if, uh, you know, these animals are used to eating one particular thing. Right. And that particular thing is no longer available, well, they got to find something else, right? Number three is self-preservation. Sometimes animals attack humans because they have to or they are forced to. Since the beginning of time, humans have attacked wild animals, caged and or killed them. This left animals with a deep-seated fear of humans and an increased urge to attack if they feel stressed anxious or frightened by our mere presence okay okay there again it kind of goes yeah. with the first one like right very synonymous number four to protect their young animals are super protective of their little babies the animal kingdom has the most devoted dads like lions arctic wolves gorillas and golden jackals and moms like elephants who will stop at nothing to rescue their young ones from harm and that includes driving away or killing humans number five is new territories Due to the population explosion, the uh, world needs to build billions of new homes every year. With increased household demands, it's inevitable that the human race will continue moving into new places and destroying things where all these animals are, invading their space, right? Until all the baby boomers die and then we'll have plenty of space. 
what the houses they left yeah oh well maybe <laughs> i mean i guess inevitably right so as we do we become instrumental in deforestation and threaten wildlife the result wild animals hunting people who threaten their homes okay a good example of that is hippos who by the way are one of the most dangerous animals in the world really yes they kill more people than any other animal they do yes hippos are bastards not even like sharks nope more more than that Really? Yep. Alligators? Yep. Crocodiles? They are. I actually just watched something today about a man who had his, uh, who was a, attacked. He was a, a wildlife um, guide and he was out on the the water or whatever. And then something just bumped his boat and he fell over and somebody else went in the water too. Uh, no, the other person fell and went into the water. So he reached to go grab the guy and the hippo um, bit into him, but not only bit into him, but swallowed him three times. Yeah. How? Wait. How so he was he was stuck in the the thing was trying to swallow him three different times and it bit him I think they said fifty eight bite marks on him one of them punctured his lung like his arm he lost his arm because of it really hippos are dicks wow they are I would have never thought of yes that. they are dicks so most of the hippo attacks are out of fear of losing their territory the chances of deliberate attacks are high high especially when humans get between hippos when they are in the shallows cut off from the safety of deep water so. If you're in the shallows and they're up there, they're coming after your ass. Right. Yeah. Uh, number six, humans don't usually put up a good fight because we're a bunch of pussies that need guns. Listen, no. If if an animal, like, poking an eye out, I'm ready. <laughs> I would never. You're you going to poke an animal's eye out? If I'm going down, so are they. Okay. Well, that's, yeah. that, that's Sicilian attitude there, <laughs> folks. Yeah. You, you heard it here. <laughs> so over the years, we humans have effectively removed ourselves from the food chain. This is good in one way because we don't have to go on hunting parties to get food or fight for territories and survival with um, other animal species as wildlife, okay? But the downside is that it makes humans easy prey. We're so, you know, used to not or not being hunted right. that when things go south, we panic instead of fleeing or fighting and end up just being a, a meal for something. Yeah. Yeah, because we, we've, we've lost that, that instinct, you know? Manly, manly, womanly, ugh. Bonk on the head, drag her home stuff. That's what you did to me. I know. That's how we did it. Everyone out there right now is like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, number seven, mistaken identity. One of the most common reasons behind shark attacks here. They often think we're food because they can't really see us uh, very well. Because they, their eyes really aren't that great. But their sense of smell is ridiculous. Right. And uh, they can't really differentiate from uh, their natural prey. Surfers, of course, the ones that get chewed up all the time are more likely to be in danger in the, in the the zone here because the surfboard makes them look like a seal, which is the favorite meal of many shark species, you know? So if they just happen, you know, they're like a 90-year-old man without his bifocals on in, in the water, and they're like, what the hell? It looks like a seal. <laughs> and they go up after it, and all of a sudden they spit it out like, oh, humans taste like shit, you know? Yeah. I, would, I would assume that's how that goes. Number eight, human ignorance. But of course, in most cases, humans get attacked for their own damn fault. Because not only are we pussies, but we're stupid. Right. Like yeah. all those people that go to take pictures by a bear. Yeah. And they get attacked. Yeah, I saw uh, another one the other day. I'm into these like whole animal things. Um, but I saw one the other day where this dude was like messing with a, I think it was a tiger or a lion and like in a cage. And he was like, kind of like, I guess poking it, I guess I, it grabbed his hand, bit his hand. And he, he was like pulling trying to get his hand off of it i don't know what happened if he lost his fingers or what but they, just don't mess with animals man you know right. what i mean don't so it, of course seeing wildlife up close and taking pictures it's fascinating right we all like doing that right kind of maybe 
I don't know. If it can eat me, no. Yeah, that's true. But there's a huge difference between keeping a safe distance and approaching them closer for a selfie or video. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, many people venturing out for wildlife holidays, uh, they don't really think too brightly. So they simply invade animals' homes and space, and guess what? They get their asses attacked. Kind of stupid, but that's what happens. So those are the main reasons for animal attacks in general. Now, you know, so mo- most just, uh, just just leave animals alone, right? Can we just do that? That, yeah, that would make sense, right? Or, you know, learn how to fight a bear or a wolf or something. Ooh, we did that. Bear uh, fist. Didn't we, we did like a little trivia thing. Oh, we watched that show on Netflix. And they they asked the question, like, if you if you see a bear, what do you do? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The four different ones. One was like, run. One was put your hands up and yell and be louder than the bear and then the other one was like stand still and i don't know i think the what? answer was to be loud and like no that's what we thought it was oh. and it's actually like see that's where my like, ass would be right that's <laughs> why we all need to learn now so polar bears on the other hand they say that what you're supposed to do and this is kind of stupid but if you're in um you know the the arctic you know yeah. um and you happen to run across a polar bear you're supposed to run away and then shed your clothes off and throw it behind you because they they smell the clothes so they'll stop to smell and see what it is to give you a chance but then you're gonna die of hypothermia so that is is true either way you're fucked don't mess with polar bears don't mess with polar hell no they're they're vicious yeah they are super vicious so while most attacks don't involve humans being eaten there are many interesting cases of man eaters and that's what we're talking about today the ones that don't involve eating people, well, we don't care about those. Right. We're here for the gruesome, gory, man-eating details. There are many different types of animals that have been reported as man-eaters. We're going to go through some of those and some of the cases involving those animals. And, it, you know, you guys know how we do it here. It, it gets a little... <laughs> a couple times, so... Oh, no. Hell, yeah, it's Does fun. It? Oh, yeah. It'll be good. Okay. I'll so, first up, we're going to... I'll say what? I'll try not to hurl. Yeah, please. There's a... Tra- well, I wouldn't. It's full of beer cans. But, um, I don't know. Right. Choke it down. You got this. All over Moody's microphone. (laughs) So first up, we're going to look at the big cats. Lions and tigers and leopards and jaguars and cougars. Oh my, so many. All have been reported to, uh, at times, be man-eaters. Tiger attacks are an extreme form of human-wildlife conflict, which occur for various reasons and have claimed more human lives than attacks by any other big cats. The most uh, comprehensive study of deaths due to tiger attacks estimates um, that it's uh, at least 373,000 people that have died due to tiger attacks between 1800 and 2009. Okay. So you got 209 years there. So 373,000. I don't do math. You do. I don't know. Whatever. Averaging. Uh, actually, I got it. Averaging about 1,800 kills per year. Wow. Yeah. So the, the majority of these uh, attacks are, are, uh, occur in India, Nepal, and Southeast Asia because, well, that's where tigers are. And there's also an abundance of people there, too. That's why we're not there. Right. Because, yeah, that's why we're not there, because of tigers. Yeah. Well. <laughs> and it's too damn hot. I'm not doing it. I do want to see it, though. I want to go see India. India? Yeah. I'd go. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why not? I mean, we're going to Ireland. We are. Yeah. It's going to be fun. To our Irish listeners. Right. We should uh, hang out and grab a warm beer. Anyway, Um, I don't know if they're warm or not. I'm just being an asshole. So. For tigers, most commonly, they will become man-eaters when they are injured or incapacitated, making their normal prey, um, you know, hard to catch right. kind of thing. 
Man-eating, man-eating tigers have been a recurrent problem in India, especially in uh, Kumoan, Garhwal, and the Sandarbans mangrove swamps of Bengal. I don't know where any of those places are. Um, that Pardon my ignorance. There, some healthy tigers have been known to hunt humans, actual healthy tigers. However, there have been mentions of man-eaters in old Indian literature, so it appears that after the British occupied India and built roads into forests and brought the tradition of shikar, man-eaters became a nightmare come to life. Even though tigers usually avoid elephants, they have been known to jump on an elephant's back and severely injure the mahout riding on the elephant's back. Do you know what a mahout is? What is a mahout? A mahout? I'm glad you asked. A mahout is an elephant rider. Trainer or keeper. So it's like an elephant okay. jockey, I guess. Yeah. Right? Wouldn't that be what it is? Mahouts were used uh, since um, antiquity for both um, civilian and military use. Okay. So they are up there because back in the day, you used to use those in the military. And right. Plus, it was a sign of elegance. Yes. Look at me on my regal elephant. I'd have an elephant if I could. Can you train it to like yeah. go wherever you want it to go? Absolutely. Like a horse? Yeah. Elephants are smart. Yeah. Yeah, they're super awesome. I love elephants. Especially the uh, African elephants, the ones with the great big ears. Awesome. Anyway. So, mahouts, uh, again, that's they used to attack the mahouts. They'd jump up and, like, literally on the back of uh, the elephant in order to try and kill the rider. Hmm. It's pretty messed up. So, uh, Kesri Singh mentioned a case when a fatally wounded tiger attacked and killed the hunter who wounded it while the hunter was on the back of an elephant. Most man-eating tigers are eventually captured, shot, or poisoned. So think about that. This guy was on the back of an elephant, shoots a tiger, like mortally wounds it, and it turned around and jumped up and killed him before it died. Well, what's the need to kill a tiger? Uh, it's big game. See that? You know, that it's stupid. I know. It's so dumb. I don't get it. It's I for just like Because back in the day, it was for like their pelts and you know what I mean? Like, oh, look at me in my tiger skin rug. I guess. I don't know. Whatever. It's just not right. I, don't know. I agree. So during war, tigers may acquire a taste for human flesh from the consumption of corpses, which were just laying around, unburied, and go on to attack soldiers. This actually happened during the Vietnam and Second World Wars. Really? So think about that. If there's tigers or any kind of like um, wild animal around that eats meat, they're carnivorous, and if there's just dead people laying around, they're probably going to eat it. And if they like that, they might actually get an inclination to want more don't you think that they would have enough meat from what you know from the people that they're eating well i guess dead. it depends on how many are dead yeah i guess so either way it's creepy <laughs> there are some pretty well-known tigers that were man eaters so the champawat tiger was originally from nepal where it had managed to kill approximately 200 people starting in 1903 before the Nepalese drove her out, without, without killing her, mind you, to the Kamoan region of India in the early 20th century. After the tiger's arrival, she managed to kill another 234 people before an exasperated government called in a man by the name of Jim Corbett. And this guy is a badass. So but anyway, think about that real quick. That's 434 people that this one tiger has killed. How long do tigers live? Oh, Cats can live up to 39 years. I have no idea. But uh, I don't know. Probably, I, I would assume if they're... I, I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> Thanks for giving me something I don't have in my notes. Oh, All right. Sorry. If I knew what we were talking about, maybe I could have come to the table with some interesting... What, what fun is that, though? It's, it's so much fun. <laughs> so Edward James Corbett was born on July 25th, 1875, the son of British colonists in India. He had become a colonel in the British Indian Army. 
being raised in the Valley of uh, Nyan Kalakungi. I don't know. I'm butchering you. Just, Sorry. Just pass up the word. Indian listeners, I'm very sorry. Uh, anyway, these regions uh, full of natural wonder. He grew up uh, appreciative of wildlife and the need to conserve it. Okay. Okay. Um, as uh, was typical of early naturalists, he took to hunting and viewed the conservation of wildlife as being more to preserve stock for hunters rather than the preservation of the ecology per se. Okay. okay. His skill as a hunter was well known, although um, this would be the first time he would attempt to take a, you know, take down a reputed man eater here. So him oh, going in after yeah. this Champawat tiger. So he's a hunter, but this is a pretty vicious animal, you know. So the attacks began in the Himalayas of western Nepal in a Rupal village. Paul. <laughs> Work. Hey. Work a girl. That's all I see. Can you imagine if RuPaul just had his own village and everybody just, it was just like the runway everywhere? It'd be a fun village. It would to be fun. Visit. Yeah, it'd be fun. Not to stay in, but to visit. <laughs> it's a nice place to visit, but I wouldn't want to live there. Yeah. Right. So despite the stealth of the massive cat, she left a trail of blood that set hunters headlong in pursuit. Yet the tiger evaded capture and death. Despite the failed first efforts of hunters, the Nepalese army knew something had to be done. So they organized a massive patrol, forcing the tiger to abandon her territory. Unfortunately, danger relocated with her. Because right. she's vicious. Right. You're going to move her someplace else. Guess what? She's just going to, you know what I mean? But think about that. They're actually having an army come up with a, an entire like platoon, I guess you'd say, to go after a tiger. That, that's insane. Yeah. Crazy, right? So driven over the uh, the river Sarda and the border into India, the move did little to slow her thirst for human flesh. In the Kumoan uh, district, uh, she preyed on countless unprepared villagers. The tigress adjusted her hunting strategy to optimize success while diminishing the risk of containment. She's smart. By Most some women are. <laughs> by some accounts, she traveled upwards of 20 miles per day to make a kill and then avoided capture. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that is. She targeted young, uh, unfortunately, she targeted young women and children. They were the ones who, uh, who would uh, most often, you know, wander into the forest to collect firewood, food for, uh, for livestock and materials for, you know, making little crafts and stuff. She only killed during daylight, typical behavior for man-eating tigers. As word got out about the Chapawat tiger's vicious attacks, daily life drew to a standstill. Hearing the Bengal tigress's roars from the forest, men refused to leave their huts for work. Now that's scary. Just if you know that there's like this I don't man-eating tiger that's just killing everybody, and you're just in your house like, oh, we're not going to go out there. And you just hear, <laughs> I don't know if that was a, never, is that better? Yeah, she never went back to the areas that she successfully killed people in? Uh, well, she, everywhere she goes, she's successfully killing people, so I don't know. You know what I mean? I think she just goes to where the food is and kind of just stalks around there. But if, if she's traveling up to 20 miles per day, she probably did go back, I would assume, every now and then, you know. But, and, yeah, that's a lot of miles. Yeah, she's traveling. It's a traveling-ass bitch. Just two days before he brought down the Tiger Queen, Corbett uh, tracked uh, the beast by following the blood trail for her uh, her latest victim. So basically she attacked it. There's a blood trail. Primka Devi, a uh, 16-year-old girl from the village of Fungar near the city of Champawat. All right, that's who, unfortunately, the tiger Aww, attacked. Poor girl. She had disappeared, and villagers and Corbett quickly guessed what happened to her. After locating Primka's remains and confirming her violent death by the tigress, he nearly got ambushed by the big cat herself. So the cat was just like, raw, coming out after it, like, surprise! You know, not that, I don't know, maybe it talks. Only two hastily fired shots from his rifle managed to scare the cat away. 
Okay, only then did he re uh, recognize the real danger associated with hunting a man-eater. The Bengal tiger felt no fear of humans. Right. So if it's attacking humans, it's, it ain't afraid of you. Right. You know? The next day, with the help of Chapawat's uh, ta uh, tas Tasildar, Corbett organized a patrol of 300 villagers. Around noon, he finally had the uh, murderer in his sights, and he made the kill. Life could return to normal. Because of the legacy he gained by saving the residents of Chapawat and its surrounding villages from the Big Cat, he went on to pursue and kill about a dozen more well-documented man-eaters. Wow. Yeah, so this guy was a badass. Yeah. Did they when, have a statue of him? I, I, that I don't know. When the tiger was finally brought down, it was noted that both the top and bottom canines on her right side were broken. The top one on, on uh, the top one on hat uh, was a half one, and the bottom one broken to the jawbone. The thought is that this is the thing that caused her to turn into a man-eater. She couldn't kill and eat her normal prey, so she oh. went after easier prey in humans. Because humans are pussies. Again, we've discussed this. Right. So, yeah, she can't go after her normal stuff. So, you know, she got a toothache. She's like, damn it. Oh, they could have just put her to sleep, taken out her teeth, and she would have been fine. Yeah, she wouldn't have killed anyone. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Her final body count is recorded at around 436 people. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, that is. So now let's talk about the Tiger of Sugur. The Tiger of Sugur, I don't know why I'm saying it like that, was a young man eating male Bengal tiger. So now we got a, a, a dude here. Though uh, originating in the district of Malabar uh, Wainad, below the southwestern face of the Blue Mountains, the tiger would later shift its hunting grounds to Gudalar uh, and between Sugur and Anakudi. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was killed by Kenneth Anderson, who would later note that the tiger had a disability preventing it from hunting its natural prey. His body count was only five. I, I say only, but compared to 436. So the tigers of uh, Chowgar were a pair of man-eating Bengal tigers, consisting of an old tigress and her sub-adult cub, which for over a five-year period killed a reported 64 people in eastern uh, Kamoan over an area spanning 1,500 square miles. You That's know, they crazy. They just like find food that they can eat and kind of like set it out as a sacrifice. Yeah, you but know, like here, eat this. But listen, and you don't have to eat me. We all know how it is. If you if you want a piece of cake or a nice steak, and someone's like, "Hey, here's a pork chop," you're not going to want that pork chop. You want that steak. Well, if you're starving, I think you'd eat whatever. Yeah, but if I can attack the steak, must <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. You've got a you've got an animal here that's just it's got a taste for it. You know, mm -hmm. you get that taste for it, and they're aggressive, and they're going to do whatever they have to do. Oh, let's smack my mic. So the tigress was attacking hum uh, humans initially alone, but later she was assisted by her cub. Okay, so it's a little older cub. So the figures, however, are uncertain, as the natives of the area uh, the tigers uh, frequented claimed double that number, and they do not take into account victims who survived direct attacks but died later. Oh, okay. okay. So both tigers were killed by... Who do you think they were killed by? The last guy you were talking about. Jim Corbett. That's Ooh. right. He's, he's a gangster. <laughs> so most recently, there's the tigers of Bardia. Okay? And when I say recently, I mean in 2021. Whoa. Yeah. Four tigers killed 10 people and injured several others in Bardia National Park of Nepal. Three of the tigers were captured and transferred to rescue centers. One of the tigers escaped from its cage and is yet to be captured. Oof. So people of Nepal, be careful. Yes, be very careful. I highly doubt we have any Nepalese listeners, but if we do, just 
Guard your eyes. Nepalese. Nepalese. <laughs> yeah, Nepalese. That's <laughs> Nepalese. That'd be a horrible name to have. Yeah, Nepal. Viva Nepal. Viva Nepal. So the tigers were identified and captured uh, from uh, Gaida uh, Machin on April 4th, uh, from Kata on March 18th, and from Garua uh, on March 17th. The tigers were found with broken canine teeth, possibly due to fighting between two males. After the capture, one of the tigers escaped from the iron cage and went back to the forest in the Banki district. Two were housed at the rescue, rescue facility in Bardia National Park in, oh my god, these words, Thakadwara? Sure. And Rampubar. Sounds right. One was transferred to the Central Zoo in hmm, Jalwalakel in Kathmandu. I'm probably butchering those right now, so I apologize. Anyway. Did you, did you write this, or was it Moody? Yeah, who do you think? Moody. Yeah. Good job, Moody. And when you look up freaking um, uh, pronunciations and stuff like that, they're never right. They're, ne- they're never right, because there's like four different ones on there, and you're like, which one's the right one, you know? Well, whatever, I apologize. could have just picked one. That's true. I guess it'd be better than none, right? (laughs) Okay, so now let's talk about some lions. You guys like lions out there? Maybe not after hearing some of this shit. So man-eating lions have been recorded to uh, actively enter human villages at night as well as during the day to acquire prey. This greater assertiveness usually makes man-eating lions easier to dispatch than tigers. Lions typically become man-eaters for the same reasons as tigers. Starvation, old age, illness... Though, as with tigers, some man-eaters were reportedly in perfect health. That's scary. It is. Yeah. So, the most famous man and famous famous man-eating lions would probably be the Savo man-eaters. Okay. And this is uh, this story right here is actually why I wanted to do this um, oh. th- this episode. So, the story of the Savo lions begins in uh, March of 1898 when a team of Indian workers led by British Lieutenant Lieutenant Colonel John Henry Patterson arrived in Kenya to build a bridge over the Savo River as part of the Kenya-Uganda Railroad Project. Okay? Got that. Okay. Going to build a bridge. The project, it seems, was doomed from the start. As Bruce Patterson, no relation to the colonel up there, writes in his book, The Lions of Savo, quote, few of the men at the railhead knew that the name itself was a warning. Savo means place of slaughter in the local language. That actually referred uh, to killings by the Maasai, uh, the Maasai people who attacked weaker tribes and took no prisoners, but it was still a bad omen. So the place they're going to is literally called place of slaughter. That's, yeah, I would not. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's, that's this. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then afterward, it's this. <laughs> so Lieutenant, Lieutenant, Lieutenant Colonel Patterson and company had only just arrived when they noticed that one of their men, a porter, had gone missing. A search quickly uncovered his mutilated body. Patterson, fearing that a lion had killed his employee, set out the next day to find the beast. Instead, he stumbled upon other corpses, all men who had disappeared from previous, uh, previous expeditions. Almost immediately, a second of Patterson's men disappeared. By April, the count had grown to 17, and this was just the beginning. The killings continued for months as the lions circumvented every fence, barrier, and trap erected to keep them out. Hundreds of workers fled the site, uh, putting a stop to the bridge construction. And those who remained, they obviously lived in fear. So they're putting everything they can to try and stop and catch these things, and they're just going around it, going under it. They got little wire snips in their back, cutting stuff. You know what I mean? mean? And then they're messing with their teeth. Right. And then they're going to kill more people because now they have toothaches. Right. That's what it all stems from. Yeah. Maybe that's what we should do is have like dentistry for wild animals. You don't think they do? I don't know. Do they? I'm 
pretty sure they do. Damn it, I thought I had a good idea. Son of a bitch. <laughs> okay, so the violence didn't end until December when Patterson finally stalked and killed the two lions that he blamed for the killings. It wasn't an easy hunt. The first lion fell on December 9th, but it took Patterson nearly three more weeks to deal with the second lion. By then, Patterson claimed, um, he claims here, the Lions had killed a total of 135 people from his crew. Now, however, the Ugandan Railway Company downplayed the claim, putting the death toll at around just 28. That's still a lot. Still a lot, but it could just very well be that they're kind of covering their ass a little bit, you know, because if you're hiring these people to come out there and they're all just being eaten by Lions, maybe be like, no, it wasn't 135. It was like four, dude. You know what I mean? I don't know, maybe. You think they said dude back then? Dude. Dude. <laughs> dude. I don't know, maybe. But that wasn't the end of the story. Bruce Patterson, a field museum zoologist and curator who we talked about earlier that wrote the book, spent years studying the lions, as did others. Chemical tests of their hair keratin and bone collagen confirmed that they had eaten human flesh in the few months before they were shot. But the tests revealed something else. One of the lions had eaten 11 people. The other had eaten 24. That put the total at just 35 deaths, far lower than the 135 claimed by, you know, Colonel Patterson. But still, 35 people. That's insane. That means there's more tiger lions out there eating people. Possibly. Right, if there was only 35. Possibly. So lions' proclivity for man-eating has been systematically examined. Um, American and Tanzanian scientists report that man-eating behavior in rural areas of uh, Tanzania Mm -hmm. increased greatly from 1990 to 2005. At least 563 villagers were attacked and many eaten over this period. The incidents occurred near uh, Selis National Park in (laughs) Rufiji District and in Lindi Province near the Mozambican border. Man, he did these words on purpose. While the expansion of villages into bush country is one concern, the authors argue uh, conservation policy must mitigate the danger because, in this case, conservation um, contributes uh, directly to human deaths. Okay, Cases in Lindy, uh, in which lions uh, seize humans from the the centers of substantial villages, have been documented. In other words, they will walk into the center of a village and just take your ass. Not mine. I mean, if you're in there, you poke it in its eye. Yeah. We discussed that. my purse. What? <laughs> yeah, I, I sacrifice my purse. Oh. Which. I, I, that's you know, pretty big. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. Don't you think that, I mean, it'd be a weapon, wouldn't it? You, to a big ass lion? I don't know. You're going to do whatever you can. When I, I don't know. What is it, I'd fight or flight? Shoot off. Yeah. Shoot, shoot off. I'd take my shoot off. <laughs> I'd take my shoot off and throw it at him. <laughs> hey, you Mr. Lion. Smell my foot. So another study of a 1,000 people attacked by lions in southern uh, Tanzania, that's the word, between 1988 and 2009 found that the weeks following the full moon, when there was less moonlight, were a stronger indicator indicator of um, increased nighttime attacks on people. So they can see better in the dark. Right. And if there's no moonlight out, sneak it up on your ass. Yeah. And then just turn on, like, leave lights on at all times. Right. Absolutely. Right. Floodlights. There. (laughs) That's it. Yeah. So now the leopard. The leopard is a largely, it's a nocturnal hunter. For its size, it is the most powerful large felid cat, large cat, after the jaguar, able to drag a carcass larger than itself up a tree. Leopards can run more than 60 kilometers per hour. That's right around 37 miles per hour. Leap more than 20 feet horizontally and three meters, 9.8 feet vertically. It's crazy. It's, yeah. You know it's what I mean? A scary bitch right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And they have a more developed sense of smell than tigers. And tigers have good smell, so these things have great smell. They are strong climbers and can descend down a tree head first, which I think is crazy. You know what I mean? So think, you know, again, like if, if it's up there prowling at you or looking for like, I don't know, food, prey, yeah. It can literally just down the tree head can first. lions climb trees? I don't think lions can climb Tigers. trees. Can they? Tigers can for sure, I think. That, that would be more scary to me. What's like that? Just walking past a tree and all of a sudden this thing's jumping out of it. And yeah, with jumping or running down the tree? I, I don't know. Way. I think the jump or running down the tree would scare the shit out of me. I mean, either way, I'm going to piss myself and scream like a little girl. <laughs> so either way. So man-eating leopards have earned a reputation as being particularly bold, particularly bold and difficult to track. Okay, so they're ballsy. The leopard of Panar killed over 400 people during the early uh, early 20th century, and is one of the most prolific man-eaters in recorded history, second only to the great Champawat tigress who lived at the same time. You know that that bad bitch that we talked about earlier. <clears throat> the Panar man-eater. Okay was a male leopard that lived in northern um, India. The big uh, cat, excuse me, first began to consume human flesh from the numerous disease corpses uh, that littered the jungle, okay, as a result of cholera. So people were kind of dying off, and so they're like going over and smelling it, going, fuck it. You know what I mean? So cholera. Yeah. What is that? It's a disease. It's a disease. So if... They ate a person with cholera. They weren't going to, they didn't get it. I, I believe cholera is a um, airborne, I believe. So if you're dead with it, you're not going to get it. And plus, cats probably can't get it. You know what I mean? I would assume. I don't know. I've never heard of a, a cat or an animal having cholera before. Hmm. Yeah. But then again, I don't know. I could be talking out of my ass right now and just making shit up. So. <laughs> <laughs> so when the cholera pandemic ended and the corpses ceased, he began to hunt humans. Of this, uh, you know, uh, you know that one super awesome guy, Jim Corbett, said, "Quote: A leopard in an area in which his natural food is scarce, finding these bodies very soon acquires a taste for human flesh, and when the disease dies down and normal conditions are established, um, he very naturally, on finding his food supply cut off, takes to killing human beings." Hmm. That's crazy, That's though, scary. to think about that. You know yeah. what I mean? That's super wild. So for many years, the villagers attempted to hunt and trap the demon cat to no avail. Panar's man-eating leopard could recognize the traps and was a master of camouflage and evasion, so it actually could see the like, God. like wait a minute, like he's just walking around. He's like, "Come on, guys!" See, that's the scariest one of them all so far. Yeah, you think so? Yeah, yeah. So he was rarely seen until the moment he struck. Sometimes even taking people right from inside their homes in front of their families. So this motherfucker would come into your house and take you. Wow. Yeah. It's, what? <laughs> Do your Christopher Walken. Wow. <laughs> this cat is coming in my house. I see. Hey, Mr. Pussy. Uh, don't kill me. <laughs> I don't know. So after trekking through hills, crossing a flooded river with no bridges, and sleeping on open ground in the heart of the leopard's territory, Corbett reached the village. The most recent attacks had occurred here, uh, where four men had just been killed. Okay, so he's going after this one as well. Corbett staked out two goats to lure the Panar leopard in late in wait. Okay, so he's got them staked up out there. You know, the goats, you know, obviously you got to have some sort of food out there. Which it doesn't really make sense to me, though. And I was thinking about this as I was going through the research before. Um, and I know you can't really use humans as bait. But if they were killing humans, wouldn't you use a human as bait? Or even just a corpse? 
I that's what I would think. Right, the goats probably. He, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't know whatever. When you said they stake them, like do they put them on a? No, no, they're tied to a stake. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Christ. Yes, they impaled this the goats. Is when I'm going to start dry heaving. <laughs> they impaled the goats. Yes. No, they they put a stake down, wrapped a rope around it, and put them out there so this thing can come. The cat could come and get right, it. He doesn't want goats. Yeah. So uh, remember we were talking about how smart this guy is, right? This this uh, leopard. Well, the cat took the first goat and took off. Just walked up, took a boom, gone. Then uh, three days later, Corbett had the second goat tied, okay, about 30 yards from a tree, and he laid in wait all day and then into the night. The leopard finally came. He could only make out the sounds of the leopard killing his prey and a faint white blur of the goat's fur. By hearing alone, he fired a shotgun and he wounded the great cat. But... He got away. That's crazy. Yeah. This dude's a beast, man. It, Corbett is just awesome. Yeah, the cat's a beast. I know. <laughs> I don't know. Was that, was that good? I don't know. Corbett then lined his men up behind him with torches. All right. He made them each promise not to run, so he would have enough torch light to, uh, you know, to target the wounded cat. So in other words, listen, fellas, got our torches. We're out in the pitch black night. This cat's killing everything. I wounded it. Just stay with me. Don't run no matter what happens. Right? Fuck. That's what we're doing right now. So, <laughs> they then walked across uh, the, the field toward the brush at the far side. Okay? So, the, they, were, they were in a clearing, and they were in a field, and they're going to go towards the, you know, the uh, the, the forested part. For, forest, is that a, whatever. There, suddenly, the legendary man-eater lunged from the brush and charged the legendary hunter. So, he took off after Corbett. All of the men turned and ran instantly. <laughs> As would I. I'd be like, psych. I was like, what? I'm out of here. I'd be so pissed. Though luckily, one dropped his torch in flight, giving Corbett just enough light to shoot the leopard in the chest, ending its reign of terror. Corbett was simply a fucking badass, period. Yeah. In a world of scared villagers, be a Corbett. Okay, so we've talked about cats now, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about one of our favorite things, dogs. No. Yeah, let's talk about some dogs. Oh, is there a man-eating dog? Oh, boy. A dog, yeah. Well, uh, how about wolves? Okay, okay. so this this topic I know a lot about. Man-eating wolves? Wolves, just in general. Oh, okay. Because my godmother, she used to raise wolves in my whole entire life. Did they ever eat anybody? We always had wolf dogs. I or, never had a normal dog. It that's was what always, Kaiva was? Kaiva and Rowdy. Yeah. And all, all of our animals were wolf dogs. And we used to have to get them at five weeks and, like, bottle feed them. Human flesh? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Is that what you did? Yeah. yeah I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. All right. Let's hear about these. <laughs> so wolves are generally not known to be man-eaters, okay? Contrasted to other carnivorous ma- uh, mammals known to attack humans for food, the frequency which wolves have been recorded to kill people is rather low, indicating that, though potentially dangerous, wolves are among the least threatening for their size and predator- uh, predatory uh, potential. In the rare cases in which man-eating wolf attacks occur, the majority of victims are children. We did find a couple of accounts of man-eating, man-eating wolves here, though. Okay, so first, there's the wolf of uh, Jisinge or Jisenji or Geisinge, whatever. Hello, Sweden. That's where it's at. Anyway, a historical account of the attacks say that the wolf involved in the attacks was captured as a wolf pup and kept as a pet for several years, starting in 1817. Kind of like what you're just right. talking about. While that may seem like the beginning of a sweet made-for-TV movie or Grace's life growing up, it was almost certainly a deadly mistake. When wolves are kept as pets, the animals lose their instinctual fear of humans. 
Right. Right. But you, you're domesticating. Yeah. Yeah. The wolf of Gesinj, Gesin, sweetest listener, listeners, listeners, just tell me what that word is and I'll make sure to smack myself in the mouth later. So anyway, the wolf here became tired of being cooped up and he broke out. Okay, we don't know how long it took for the wolf to start hunting humans, but we do know that it became the world's deadliest wolf. So this wolf was responsible for 31 attacks against human, be human beings. The wolf killed 12 people and injured 19 others. Most of the victims were under the age of 12. One 19-year-old woman was killed, and one 18-year-old man was injured during the attacks. Really? Yeah. So, it was raised by humans, and it's still... Yeah, because it wasn't afraid of them anymore. And so, typically, wolves are very, like, they don't really attack people. They won't even come close to you. They're very afraid of you, of humans. And so, when you've got this one, and who knows? He may have been abused, too, by whoever. Right. You know what I mean? We don't know the whole backstory on that. So, yeah, but that's, yeah... So most of the 12 humans during the uh, killed during the attack were at least partially eaten by the wolf by the time they were discovered. So he's not just killing it to kill him. So that's a good thing, you know. So the other animals were just no, they were all they were. Yeah, but it, you're just saying as a as a wolf, you know, the dog being a little bit different or whatever. So the attacks occurred during uh, December 30th of 1820 and uh, March 27th of 1821. That averages out to one attack every three days over three months. Gotta eat. Busy little busy little beaver. So the wolves of Ashta were a pack of six man-eating Indian wolves, which uh, between the last quarter of 1985 to January of 1986 killed 17 children in Ashta, uh, Madhya Pradesh, a town in the Sahore district. Mm, sorry, India. The pack consisted of two adult males, one adult female, one sub-adult female, and two pups. Okay, so pretty, pretty right. good-sized pack. Initially thought to be a lone animal, the fear caused by the wolves had serious repercussions uh, on the life of the villagers within their hunting range, of course. Farmers became too frightened to leave their huts, leaving crops out of cultivation, and several parents prohibited their children from attending school for fear that the man-eaters would, you know, catch up to them and, and eat their asses. So great was their fear that some village elders doubted the man-eaters were truly wolves at all, but shaitans, which, if you are a fan of the show, you'll remember us talking about the Shaitan in the Jinn episode, episode 118 from back in August of two, uh, 2021. So you can always go back and you can listen to that if you want to know what a Shaitan is. Right? Yeah. Right. Throwback. So with the exception of the pups, which were adopted by party tribesmen, all of the wolves were killed by hunters and forest officials. So that's kind of sad, but in the same sense, they're killing people. So, you know, the wolves of Paragord were a pack of man-eating wolves that attacked the citizens of the northwestern area of Paragord. The incident was recorded in uh, February of 1766. Based on the accounts of the authority, at least 18 people were killed during the attack of the wolves before they were finally killed. So now Louis XV offered a reward to those who would manage to kill the wolves. He also offered them a, uh, prize money and exemption on the military service of their children if they would be able to save a victim. An old man around 60 years of age with a bill hook, which is a large like machete-type knife with a hooked blade mm -hmm. at the end, as his weapon was able to save a marksman and his friends after uh, they were attacked by the rampaging wolves when their armaments had been depleted. So they, you know, they were these wolves were coming at him and they lost everything. And this 60-year-old dude with a machete just went that's, out. That's what I would do. Like Conan. Yeah. Yeah. You you would be that. I would. You'd be like Conan. Sure. Conan the librarian. Yeah. Yeah. According to the records, citizens that were named uh, Sur Sirs uh, de Fayard, <laughs> so bad, killed three of them, and a pro hunter managed to kill the fourth wolf. One general hunted the wolves and managed to kill two of them. 
When one of the wolves was examined, they noticed that the wolf had two rows of teeth on its jaw. A one-of-a-kind wolf that they concluded to be a hybrid. Wow. Yeah. And that's crazy, right? That's, yeah. So I'm wondering if it if it had that uh the, the the row of teeth, the extra row of teeth and stuff. I'm wondering if maybe the maybe his brain was a little not there, you know? Who knows? That's crazy. Like inbred or something? I don't know. So here's one for our Australian listeners. Attacks on humans by dingoes are rare. Did the dingo eat your baby? They hate that. I know. <laughs> and we will be talking about that, by the way. So um, so with only two recorded fatalities in Australia, okay? So dingoes don't attack humans. What's a dingo? It's basically a wild dog. Okay. Yeah. Dingoes are normally shy of humans and avoid encounters with them. The most famous record of a dingo attack was the 1980 disappearance of nine-week-old Azaria Chamberlain. Yes, the whole dingo ate my baby case. Ooh. We're not going to go into that here, but uh, we'll probably do a bonus on it, though, because uh, it's it's been brought up for us to cover a couple times, and it's a really wild story. Yeah, it basically, it's like, did this happen, or did she, and then she went to prison for it because they said that that she made up the story and that she killed her own kid kind of thing oh yeah it's it's crazy it's super crazy that's why it's like really when anyone over in australia they're like quit saying that (laughs) (laughs) you dick i don't know sorry so almost all known predatory coyote attacks on humans have failed (laughs) wow it's seriously it's like wily coyote always trying to catch the roadrunner and failing miserably except with humans yeah exactly oh you want that there There you go that's for you coyotes to date other than the kelly king coyote attack and the taylor mitchell coyote attack all known victims have survived by fighting fleeing or being rescued and only in the latter case was the victim partially eaten although that case occurred in nova scotia where the local animals are eastern coyotes or koi wolves which i didn't know a koi wolf is a hybrid of coyotes gray wolves and eastern wolves Oh, never yeah. heard of a koi wolf before. Yeah. yeah. So now I know what you're thinking. Man, it's crazy that many, you know, that many animals eat humans, right? It's crazy. Well, guess what? There's more. How about, uh, I don't know, polar bears. We were talking about them a little bit ago, right? Right. Polar bears, particularly, particularly young and undernourished ones, will hunt people for food. Truly, man-eating bear attacks are uncommon, okay, but are known to occur when the animals are diseased, you know, their brains... Or natural prey is scarce, often leading them to attack and eat anything they are able to kill. Scott Hogan learned to hunt elk, cougar, and black bear just beyond his uh, hometown of Walterville, uh, Oregon, here in the States. But nothing he had experienced compared with the situation he faced when he shot a polar bear after it had dragged a man away and eaten part of him. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hogan, a 1988 University of Oregon graduate, found the body of a man killed by a polar bear in Point Lay a small whaling village in northern Alaska. When he pulled the trigger on his .30-06 rifle, uh, Haugen was uh, standing near the body of a man who was, uh, quote, three-fourths eaten. That's a lot. That's Yeah, that's too much. That's a lot. It was dark and 42 degrees below zero, and the polar bear was less than 100 yards away, moving slowly toward him. Polar bears can outrun a, outrun a man, and they can give a snowmobile a good chase. They're quick. They're big. Yeah, they're, hell yeah, they're big. Oh, and they, uh, they can literally take a human's head off with one swipe of its paw, by the way. Like, it literally can walk over and just do like a Jason Voorhees on you. Yeah, that's yeah, fun. So the dead man, identified as Carl Stalker, uh, 28 years old, had been walking with his girlfriend when they were chased into the village of 150 by the bear. So a small little village. The friend escaped into a house, 
Okay, his friend that he was with. Uh, Stalker here was killed, quote, uh, literally right in the middle of town, Haugen said. So, wow. yeah. All that remained in the road where the, atta- uh, where the attack took place were blood and bits of human hair, Haugen said. While villagers on snowmobiles began searching a wide area, Haugen was told by the officer to take his rifle and follow the blood trail. He tracked the bear's progress about 100 yards down an embankment toward the lagoon. Quote, I shined a light down there and I could see the snow was just saturated with blood. A uh, snowmobiler drove up, and in the headlights, Haugen discovered what was left of Stalker. This is the guy. Mm -hmm. He couldn't see the bear, however. Then, as the lights of another snowmobile reflected off the lake, Haugen saw the hunkered form of the polar bear. Quote, when they hunt, they uh, they hunch over and slide along the ice to uh, hide the black area of their eyes and snout, Hogan said. Oh. That's crazy. Smart. Yeah. Quote, it wasn't being aggressive toward, uh, towards us, but I wasn't going to wait, he said. I ended up shooting it right there. Aww. Damn. I know. I know it sucks, but in the same sense, like, he can't have it. I just want to go up and cuddle him. Yeah. <laughs> nope. Big furry thing. Mm-mm. So brown bears are known to uh, sometimes hunt hikers and campers for food in North America. For example, Lance Crosby, who is 63 of Billings, Montana, was hiking alone and uh, without bear spray in Yellowstone National Park in August uh, 2015 when he was attacked by a 259-pound grizzly bear. Grizzlies are dangerous as shit. Yeah. Yeah. The park rules say people should hike in groups and always carry bear spray, a form of pepper spray that is used to, of course, deter aggressive bears. Makes sense. His body was found in the Lake Village section of the park in northwest Wyoming. Timothy Treadwell and his girlfriend Amy uh, uh, Huguenard were killed and almost fully eaten by a 28-year-old brown bear on October 5, 2003. The bear's stomach was later found to contain human remains and clothing. In July 2008, dozens of starving brown bears killed two geologists working at a uh, salmon hatchery in Kamchatka. After the partially eaten remains of the two workers were discovered, authorities responded by dispatching hunters to cull or disperse the bears. Messed up. So, anything else? I mean, what, what, do you think there's anything else out there that, that, that kills people? Spiders. Yeah, we're, we're more talking about, like, eating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see too many spiders eating people. I don't know. Maybe biting? Well, what about pigs? Well, yeah. Yeah? I mean, you have lots of family in West Virginia. And we sure... <laughs> we know all about that down there. That's, that's how you kill people. That's right. Well, we keep our pigs for slaughter. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> So although not true carnivores, pigs are competent predators and can kill and eat helpless humans unable to escape them. Terry Vance Garner, 69, went to feed his animals one day on his farm by the coast, but never returned. His dentures and pieces of his body were found by a family member in the pig enclosure, but the rest of his remains had been consumed. They, they killed him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that... No, 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 his family. Oh, you think the family did oh, it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, starve the pigs. Breaking news! Grace just cracked the case I wide did, open. I did, I did. You're so good. So the Coos County, Oregon District Attorney's Office said that one of the animals had previously bitten Garner, okay? Like, so this thing is one of the pigs that actually bitten him before, and this time they probably bit, bit him and knocked him over, and then he just, he's 69, who knows, you know? He may not be able to get up, and then they just, <laughs> they just take care of him. Piranhas. Are you going to talk about piranhas? Oh, I don't know. Am I? <laughs> In 2019, a Russian woman fell into an epileptic emergency while feeding her hogs. She was eaten alive, and her remains were found in the pen. In 2015, a Romanian farmer died of blood loss after being attacked by his hogs. 
and a year prior, a two-year-old toddler from China was eaten when he wandered into a hog enclosure. Keep your kids out of the hog enclosures. Yeah. That's it. In 2013, a mob boss was still alive when he was fed to hogs by a rival family. In fact, it's been whispered for years that the mafia uses hogs to help them dispose of bodies. Right. Mm-hmm. In West Virginia, people. Right. <laughs> a pig will, quote, eat meat if they are able to come by it. Fact of the matter is, pigs can eat almost anything they can chew. They've even been known to eat pork if they find it. Cannibalistic pigs. Yep. They'll, they'll eat their own kind. That's fun. However, pigs cannot chew the larger bones of the human body, but they will break them into smaller bits to make them more manageable. Human hair and teeth, on the other hand, or hoof if they're, you know, ugh, are not digestible to hogs and will get left behind. Okay, uh, there was a movie called Snatch. Amazing movie where the guy was talking about, you know, he had these pigs or whatever, and he literally said that. He was like, they'll eat everything but the teeth. Yeah. I remember that. It's crazy. But it should be a simple matter to, you know, shave your victims' heads and pull out their teeth before chow time, right? right? That's all you got to do. Clearly. There you go. You got that right here, folks, so please don't kill anyone and do that. <laughs> it's on record. So far, we have all mammals, right? These have all been mammals. So you're probably thinking, any reptiles? Well, absolutely. The saltwater and Nile crocodiles are responsible for more attacks and more deaths than any other wild predator that attacks humans for food. Wow. Each year, hundreds of deadly attacks are attributed to the Nile crocodile with, uh, within sub-Saharan Africa. Because many relatively um, you know, healthy populations of Nile crocodiles occur in East Africa, their proximity to people living in poverty and or without infrastructure has made it likely that the Nile crocodile is responsible for more attacks on humans than any other species combined. Wow. Okay. In Australia, crocodiles have also been responsible for several deaths in the tropical uh, north of the country. The mugger crocodile is another man-eater that kills many people in Asia each year, although not to the same level as the saltwater and Nile crocodiles. All crocodile species are also dangerous to humans, but most do not actively prey on them. I'm not messing with the crocodile. No. No. Negative. Poke them in the eye if you do. Yeah. So let's talk about Gustav. 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 Gustav is a large male Nile crocodile from Burundi. He is uh, notorious for being a man-eater and is rumored to have killed as many as 300 people from the banks of the Ruzizi uh, River in the northern shores of Lake Tanganyika. I think I said that right. It sounded I was confident. That's it. I just need to be confident when I fuck it up, right? Okay. In order to capture his human prey, Gustav uses his tail and kills them by suffocation. He was allegedly responsible for the death of an employee of the Russian embassy while she was bathing in the water. Yeah, I I would not bathe in that Mm -mm. water. I would stink. Nope. Just, yeah. yeah. Not if Gustav's around. Wait for it to rain. Yeah. So Gustav's fame only grew, and in 2010, French hunter Patrice Fayet tried to capture the reptile using a large crocodile trap, which clearly did not work. In a note to the BBC, Fayet alleges that Gustav is very smart and his survival instinct leaves nothing to be desired. For two years, Fayet studied the possibilities, even creating a documentary called Capturing the Killer Croc, which aired in 2014 and recorded Gustav's several capture attempts that all failed. In the first attempt, a giant cage that weighed a ton and was about nine meters long was used. Different baits were placed inside the cage, but none of them attracted Gustav or any other creature. The scientists installed three giant traps on strategic riverbanks to increase their chances of capture. Then, only small crocodiles were captured by the traps. Gustav's not falling for that shit. Just saying, he's too smart. In its last week before having to leave the country, the team put a live goat in the cage. Damn, again with the goats. 
I feel bad for I these know. damn goats. Poor fucking goats. So they put him in a cage, and one night the camera broke due to a storm. The next morning the cage was found partially submerged, and the goat wasn't there. It was not clear what had happened that night. Mm-hmm. We all know what happened. All attempts failed to capture Gustav. He's never been brought to justice. An article rumored that, uh, again, he's killed over 300 victims and he's still out there. All right, how about this? This is, what, 2010 when this was happening? Yes. Okay, so let's just say instead of a goat, you create a human, not a real live human, but you can use, like, um, I don't know, use real blood. You could use whatever. Like an artificial human. Look like a human. Yeah. And set it out there. Meat inside the body, set it out there. Make it, I don't know, make it smell like, I don't know, cake. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't know why I'm in the cake lately. It's weird. Don't you think? Well, that's because Carrie made you those, those cupcakes. cupcakes. Oh, my yeah. God. They were so good. <clears throat> but, yeah, they should they, they should have done that. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I'm not sure why the whole uses of goats, maybe because goats are just available and they're, you know, little and dumb. So, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Goats? They're stupid. They're pretty dumb. Yeah. For all you goat lovers out there, sorry, but goats are dumb. Really? Yeah. Are they as dumb as cows? (laughs) Uh, No, I think cows are smarter. (laughs) Really? Yeah. And and cows are are pretty dumb. They're stupid. (laughs) Get it? American alligators rarely prey upon humans, okay? Even so, there have been several notable instances of alligators opportunistically attacking humans. All those other words I can't say, but I can say opportunistically. I'm very proud of myself today. Good job. Especially the careless small children and the elderly, of course. Mind you kids, folks. A 12-foot-long, 504-pound alligator believed to have uh, attacked and killed a 71-year-old Louisiana man in a hurricane or during Hurricane Ida's aftermath was captured with what appeared to be human remains in its stomach, local authorities said. Yeah, it's pretty fucked. Timothy Satterley Sr. vanished on August 30th while checking on the contents of a shed at his home in Slidell, Louisiana, as floodwaters engulfed the area. After his wife heard a splash, she discovered her husband being gripped in a death roll by a huge alligator. By the time she could intervene, the beast had already ripped off Satterley's arm and rendered him unconscious. She pulled him to the steps of their home, and with neither her phone or 911 working, in a desperate move, she climbed into a small boat in search for help. But when deputies finally arrived... Satterley wasn't there anymore. Quote, she never thought in her wildest nightmares that she would get back and he'd be gone, said Lance Vitter, a spokesperson for the sheriff's office. Satterley's disappearance set off a two-week search that ended after an alligator was caught in a trap near where Satterley had gone missing, uh, the St. Tammany Parish Sheriff's Office said. Agents euthanized and cut open the alligator where they discovered, quote, the upper parts of a human body, according to Vitter. Quote, once the alligator was searched, it was discovered to have what appears to be human remains inside its stomach, the sheriff's office said. Yikes. So not only did this old dude have his arm bitten off, but then his wife's like, dun, 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 goes over and saves him. And she's like, honey, wait here. I'm going to go get help. And then it comes back and gets him. Oh, yeah. That'd be a, that'd be a horror film for sure. Man. And now let's talk about my favorite thing in the entire world. Snakes. snakes. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Only very spew. Spew. Only very spew. Fucking twice. Very few (laughs) species of snakes are physically capable of swallowing an adult human. 
Although quite a few claims have been made about giant snakes swallowing adult humans, only a limited number have ever been confirmed. A large constricting snake may constrict or swallow an infant or a small child, a threat that is uh, legitimate and, and, you know, it's pretty much proven, you know, little kids and stuff like that. Cases of python attacks on children have been recorded for the green anaconda, the African rock python, and the Burmese python. So now, Watiba, 54, they were 54, went missing while checking on her vegetable garden on Muna Island in Salawesi province. A huge search was mounted by local people. Her sandals and machete were found a day later. A giant python with a bloated belly was lying about 30 meters away. Quote, residents were suspicious. Um, um, the snake swallowed the victim, so they killed it, then carried it out of the garden, local police chief Hamka told the news outlet AFP. Quote, the snake's belly was cut open, slowly revealing the uh, the person's clothed body. Oh. Uh, can you imagine going out like that? Ah! This is my nightmare, folks. I don't know. I think the crocodile one... I feel like that'd be quicker, though. That's the thing. So what are you, just like suffocating inside of a snake? No, it probably constricts you first, huh? Like, yeah. like squeezes you until you just die. Yeah, you like pass out breaks real all quick. And then breaks all your internal yeah, organs and stuff. Like arm missing, bleeding, and then watching the crocodile come back to get you. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I, definitely much worse. Typically, I am. Oh, here we go. Right. You are. So multiple cases are documented of medium-sized, like, you know, medium-sized captive Burmese pythons constricting and killing humans, including several non-intoxicated, healthy adult men, uh, one of whom was a student zookeeper. In the zookeeper's case, the python was attempting to swallow the zookeeper's head when other keepers intervened. In addition, at least one uh, Burmese python as small as uh, about eight and almost nine foot constricted and killed an intoxicated adult. That drunk guy shouldn't have been (laughs) fucking around with the damn snake. Okay, so now, hey, let's talk about fish. Ooh, there you go. Sounds like a good place to do some quick haters here, right? You guys love those things. So contrary to popular belief, only a limited number of shark species are known to pose a serious threat to humans. The species that are most dangerous can be indiscriminate and will take any uh, potential meal that happen to come across, as an oceanic white tip might eat a person floating in the water after a shipwreck or may bite out of, a, uh, out of curiosity or mistaken identity, as we mentioned earlier, with great white sharks attacking humans on surfboards. Okay? Of more than 568 shark species, only four have been involved in a significant number of fatal unprovoked attacks on humans. Oh, really? The great white shark, tiger shark, bull shark, and the oceanic white tip shark. Okay? You see those? Get the hell away from them. Run. Yes. Swim. (laughs) Whatever. These sharks, being large, powerful predators, may sometimes attack and kill humans. It is worth noting that they have all been filmed in open water by unprotected divers. Okay. So, in other words, like, they found, you know, people go out and swim with these things all the time. No. Nope. Uh, it's stupid. All right. So, I actually found a pretty cool but messed up story here. And this is super fun. On July 1st, 1916, and I hadn't heard anything about this. That's why I wanted to do this. Charles Van Zant was maimed in the water in front of a hotel in Beach Haven, New Jersey. Shout out to our sister skeleton out there, Jersey girls. He died as a uh, result of his wounds. Less than a week later, Charles Bruder perished in Spring Lake, just 50 miles up the Jersey Shore. His legless body was pulled from the water. Then, 10-year-old Lester Stilwell was bitten and dragged under the water while playing with his friends in Matawan Creek. A 24-year-old local, Watson Stanley Fisher, hurried into the creek uh, to look for Stilwell's body, but he, too, was mauled by the shark and eventually died. That same day, just a mile downstream... 14-year-old Joseph Dunn was also bitten. However, he survived. 
These third and fourth deaths thrust New Jersey's shark problem into the national spotlight and mark uh, a turning point in America's collective psyche. Okay, According to Burgess here, sharks were no longer just interesting marine animals. They could be killers because remember, this is the early 1900s and right. people really didn't fox with sharks, you know. So President Woodrow Wilson allotted federal aid to, quote, drive away all the ferocious man-eating sharks, sharks which have been making prey of bathers, the Philadelphia Inquirer reported on July 14th of 1916. The Philadelphia Evening Ledger said on July 15th that, quote, the shark menace was formally discussed the day before at a cabinet meeting in Washington. So this was like a big deal. Yeah. Like, D.C.'s like, like, like this is fucked. We got to do something. So the newspaper reported that a ship would be dispatched to cooperate um, with the Coast Guard and, quote, active warfare against sharks instituted. So they were going out, literally the Coast Guard and ships to kill sharks. Just kill them. Wow. Meanwhile, New Jersey fishermen, Coast Guard members, and townspeople threw sticks of dynamite into Matawan Creek and used wire nets to try to capture the offending animal. Local fishermen ended up catching various shark suspects, including a 215-pound, 9.5-foot-long female shark with 12 of her babies in her belly. Aww. Yeah. Now, I think... It's her babies. The, the way that the thing was written, it just says with 12 babies in her belly. Right. No, I'm going to assume it was pregnant. probably her. Yeah, she was pregnant. Yeah. Finally, New Yorker Michael uh, Schleiser um, caught and killed an 8-foot, 325-pound great white just a few miles from where Stillwell and Fisher were attacked. The creature had 15 pounds of human remains in its stomach. Ooh. So. I don't swim in the ocean. No. No, the main reason that I actually brought this up, not only are we talking about man-eating animals, and uh, not only do we have you know listeners all over in, in Jersey and everything, but that story is what is said to be the inspiration for the movie Jaws. Ooh. Yeah. Really? It's kind of cool. Wow. Yeah. So now you mentioned piranhas earlier. Yeah. All right. Attacks by piranhas resulting in death have occurred in the Amazon basin. In 2011, a drunk 18-year-old man was attacked and killed in Rosario del Yata, Bolivia. In 2012, a five-year-old Brazilian girl was attacked and killed by a uh, by a shoal of P. natureri. I believe those are piranhas, and that's mm -hmm. what they're called. Some Brazilian rivers have warning signs about lethal piranhas, but they actually don't kill as, as much as what the movies make you think they do. No. Yeah, they're not. They're actually not the, as vicious as that. Oh. Yeah, and, and from what I heard, they don't really like swarm, like you know, like in the movies, if one bites you, if you're bleeding, all of a sudden you're like devoured. Right. I don't that I'm, I think it's that's Hollywood all. Right yeah, there. I think so. Yeah. Here's a good one for you. What about catfish? Yeah, never heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> you never heard of a catfish killing someone? Okay, well, good. Them. So reports have been made of goonch catfish, they're called goonch, eating humans in the Cali River in India. The Cali River goonch attacks were a series of fatal attacks on humans believed to be perpetrated by a goonch weighing um 200 pounds. What? In three villages on the banks of the Kali River in India and Nepal between 1998 and 2007. The first attack occurred in April 98 when at uh, 1300 o'clock, I guess that's one o'clock, right? 17-year-old Dil Bahadur, while swimming in the river, was dragged underwater in front of his girlfriend and several eyewitnesses. No remains were found even after a three-day search spanning five kilometers or 3.11 miles. Three months later at Dharmagat, a young boy was pulled underwater in front of his father who watched helplessly. No, no corpse was ever found for that one either. The final attack occurred in 2017 when an 18-year-old Nepalese man disappeared in the river, dragged down by something described as a mud-colored water pig. So it's just a big-ass catfish Wow! that's sucking people down. 
Additionally, there have been reports of Wells catfish killing and eating humans in Europe. Large predatory catfish such as the red-tailed catfish and the uh, piraba are thought to have contributed to the loss of life when the Sobral Santos II uh, ferry over there sank in the Amazon River in 1981. Do you know what a grouper is? Yeah. What is it? It's a type of fish. Right. So the giant grouper. grouper. Yeah. Grouper's actually delicious. I don't like You don't like seafood. Yeah. So the giant grouper is one of the largest species of bony fish in the world, reaching a maximum length of three meters. Okay. It's right around nine feet. And weighing right around 600 kilograms. So it's big. There have been cases of this species attacking and possibly consuming humans, along with the closely related Atlantic Goliath grouper. Then there's the lizards, of course, right? Gotta talk about lizards. Large Komodo dragons are the only known lizard species to occasionally attack and consume humans. Because they live on remote islands, attacks are infrequent and may go unreported. Despite their large size, attacks on people are often unsuccessful, and the victims manage to escape with several wounds. Except their mouth is full of like uh, like bacteria and poison, so if you get yeah. bit by one, you're pretty much going to die anyway. Really? Yep. Aren't they going extinct? Uh, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I believe. I don't know. I, I know they were at one point in time. I don't know if they've gotten better or you know, if their numbers have increased. I'm not sure. Huh. Yeah. But there you have it, folks. Man-eating animals. It seems after this, uh, you know, we're only at the top of the food chain because certain animals allow us to be there. In closing, let's go through our uh, our body counts for these animals that we've discussed, okay? At uh, at the bottom here, it's the wolves of Paris, right? At 40 victims. And 40 dead, okay? Eaten. Uh, then there's the leopard of uh, Guma, ah, Guma Lepur with 42. The tigers of Chowgar at 50. The Beast of Gavadin, which uh, 113. The Leopard of Rudraprayag at 125 or more. Savo's Man-Eating Lions at 135. The Leopard of the Central Provinces of India at uh, 150. Gustav, that crazy-ass crocodile, at over 300. The Leopard of Panar at 400. And the Champawat Tiger at 436 victims. And all of them, except for the crocodile... Right. Are gone. Yeah. Yeah. So his numbers could still go up. Yeah. (laughs) He could climb that list right there. He could. He could be at the very top. Who knows? (laughs) And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show. The movie review. Which top 10 movies will make the cut today? (laughs) All right. So it is our movies here. And uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about the 10 best killer animal movies. And since you've never really seen any movie ever, this will be good. Oh, well, I'm sure it would probably be on here. You think? Arachnophobia. Uh, it might. This is killer animals. Those are more like, they're those are arachnids, mm. right? Spiders. Well, number 10 on our list is Piranha 3D. Okay. Just three years after Jaws became the first blockbuster, the original Piranha wanted to cash in on its success. And yeah, I've seen the original Piranha from 1978. It was actually directed by Joe Dante, who would go on to make genius classics like Gremlins and The Howling. However, Piranha 3D leans even harder into the elements that made the original work. It is a sheer, unadulterated exploitation of nudity and blood. Of course it is. It has a summer bash attitude and terrific gore effects. The first time the Piranhas make a meal of a a crowd, you will absolutely be convinced that this is your new guilty pleasure. Keep an eye out for fun cameos from Christopher Lloyd, Ving Rhames, and Richard Richard Dreyfuss, which is awesome. I never even heard of this movie. Do you know who uh, Christopher Lloyd is? Yeah. Who is it? 
I have no idea. It's Doc Brown from um, Back to the Future. Right. Marty. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. Anyway, um, and Ving Rhames, you know who Ving Rhames is? That's uh, that's the the bad guy. Well, not bad guy. He's the guy that was getting raped in uh, in Pulp Fiction. Remember the the guy in oh. Pulp Fiction that Bruce Willis had to come in and yeah. save him? That's Ving Rhames. Yeah. Yeah. So number nine on our list is Deep Blue Sea. Okay, it's a shark movie. It was all right. I didn't think it was great. You've never, never saw it. Never seen that. I've figured as much. Uh, how about number eight? Monkey shines. Ooh. Yeah. Monkeys weren't on that list. Uh, I know. Yeah, that's kind of weird, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So if a film like Congo weren't so dated, it would still steal this position, which is unfortunate because Crichton's novel is actually pretty effective. However, Monkey Shines uses an actual animal to act on the impulses of a newly disabled man. Directed by George Romero, as in like Night of the Living Dead guy, no less this movie really takes its time to stress the difficulties of the quadriplegic protagonist. The relationship problems feel organic and the performances are solid. It's really disheartening seeing the main character's life fall apart. And when the monkey begins to strike, it is hardly as silly as it sounds. And I have seen this before. And it's basically like a dude that has a monkey that just starts killing people. Hmm. Yeah. A monkey. Then there's Willard. You ever heard of that one? Mm-mm. No. It's uh, it's about uh, rats and a guy who lives with rats. And speaking of Back to the Future, it uh, actually has Crispin Glover, Marty's dad, in Back to the Future. Yeah. In it. Yeah. No way. It's okay. It's cool. It's It's weird. It's yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, they used um, the Michael Jackson song. Um, oh, what song is it? Ben in that movie. I think that's where it came from. Or did that come from the movie actually Ben? I don't know. I'm confusing myself right now. Moving on. Okay, Number okay. six, Cujo. Cujo. Have you seen Cujo? No. Ah, Stephen King. He wrote this, it's off his novel or whatever, and it's basically about a big-ass St. Bernard that just goes off his shit and starts eating and killing everybody. Okay. Yeah, it's a good movie. I liked it. Then up on, let's see, number five, hey, arachnophobia. There you go. Hey, now have you seen that? Yes. You have? I have. What? Yes. Holy shit. I know. That's why I'm so scared of spiders. Really? Yeah, I'm not a big. I don't really care about spiders. Yes. They're whatever. But John Goodman was in it. It was pretty damn funny. I thought it was a funny ass movie. So, <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen it, go see that. Uh, number four, The Gray. Um, I saw this actually, if I'm not mistaken, while I was on a uh, airplane one time. Is, it, is that with Leonardo DiCaprio? No, this is uh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. I will find you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I will kill you. I gotta get that down. Anyway, so this one is where basically his uh, plane goes down. Okay, which I was on a plane watching this. So that <laughs> anyway, so he is uh, caught by a bunch of wolves that are trying to kill him. Huh. Yeah, That's it's actually pretty cool. They're really scared of us, right? And... Not these ones, right? Uh, number three is Rogue. This says easily some of the most convincing CGI for a crocodile that you'll see anywhere. This movie features some great scenery of Australia, and Rada Mitchell brings plenty of charm as the tour guy. Although this film takes the story very seriously, some humor is interjected here and there. But the survival elements are definitely fun. Even if the plot wanders into a few cliches, it's the smaller moments that bring this film together. So it's, I guess it's about crocodiles in Australia? Hmm. Never heard of that one. Nope. Number two. What would you say earlier? Jaws. Jaws, which oh. I would have thought would have been number one on the list, to be honest. Yeah. So we, you guys know what Jaws is. And if not, then just take your hand and slap yourself really hard because Jaws is amazing. Have you seen Jaws? I have. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Did you like it? 
I was young. Okay. That's kind of petrifying. But I know, uh, right? Uh, I saw it when I was young, too, but <laughs> I'm not right. <laughs> anyway, I love Jaws. I think it's an amazing movie. Of course, it's about a big old killer great white that goes on a rampage and just tr- just eats people. And then they yeah. have to go and get rid of them. So, I love it. And then number one. Okay, cool. Number one is um, The Birds. Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, my God. Katie. She's oh my God. so scared of birds. She's probably listening right now. You could probably say hi to Katie and say, Hi, Katie. Number one is the birds, Katie. Birds. The birds. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome movie. Basically, like these birds just go on a rampage. It's black and white. And uh, it's actually, it had me screwed up as a kid when I saw it. And the birds kill people? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have, there's like scenes of them poking their people's eyes out and stuff uh, like that. Yeah. Can I tell you a really weird story? Uh, yeah, of course you can. I'll make it quick. I'll no, make it quick. look where you're at. Go for it. <laughs> So, um, okay, so our bar is next door to apartments. And did I, did I tell you about this today? No? Uh, obviously not. I have okay. no idea what you're talking All right. about. Yeah. So um, one of our neighbors got a hold of me and was like, there was a strange man, like, hunched over. Um, oh, you who, told me about that part. Like, wouldn't kind of look at you, like, tried going into his apartment and... Then he was like walking around to the other apartments. Why was he trying to get in the apartments? So our neighbor like went outside and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. And he was like, oh, I'm just checking to see if the place is open. And he's like, this isn't a business. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> right? So so then the neighbor gets a hold of me. And of course, there was a guy that was kind of slunched over. And he was like kind of rubbing his eyes a little. And I was like, yeah, all right. I'm going to like check this guy out. So he orders a beer. I give him a beer. And I'm like kind of like. You know, looking at him, like... Scoping him out, seeing what's going on, yeah. He kept on rubbing his eyes, and I'm like... All right, so I'm like keeping an eye on him, and all of a sudden one of his buddies come in. And I'm like, oh, okay, so he's got a friend. He's not, like, going to rob the police or whatever, not that that would ever happen. And so I'm, like, going over and talking to him, and I'm like, are you okay? And he's like, my eyeball keeps on popping out. And I was like... What? What? Yeah. So why is his eyeball popping out? Because he has um, like all these tumors throughout his whole entire body. And there's tumors behind his eyes that create so much pressure that the the doctors had to like, you know, not. Remove so his, his eye physically pops his out. I was physically popping out. And he was like, he was like, yeah. And. He's like, my, my next eye's gone soon, too. Like, the doctors can't do anything about this. Like, they gave me a year and a half to live. And, like, holy shit. Yeah. He said he had 19 doctors that are trying to figure out who, what, where, why, when, and they cannot figure out anything that's going on with him. And these tumors just keep on popping up. And he told me that the doctors gave him a year and a half to live over a year ago. He's like, like, but I'm beating it. You know, I'm just going to miss another eye. But like, I'm seeing this eyeball kind of like, it was so gross. So so earlier when you said that you were keeping an eye on him, um, was that that just bad or was that, poor guy, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. I really did. And I was like, well, good luck with everything. (laughs) And then he looked at me, well, he tried looking at me and he's like, "Uh, I think I lost my luck a long time ago. I was like, I'm so sorry. Poor dude. Nothing you can do about it. How old was he? Like, was he older? Um, I I would say he was like in his 
mid fifties. Damn! Yeah, oh, they have that crazy. happening. Oh my and god! Then I couldn't stop staring at the eye. Of course. You know, I was like, "Oh god, that's you, so gross." You were doing the, so cool. The the um the Austin Powers. Abu. Yeah. <laughs> moly, moly, moly. Moly, <laughs> Oh, that's so sad. That sucks, man. Yeah. That really does suck. Ugh. I just think it's hilarious that he thought that the the, uh, the house the next Hebrews door was <laughs> was the bar. <laughs> yeah. Well, he couldn't see. Yeah, that sucks. Oh man, poor guy. Oh, man. Anyway, (laughs) there you go. That's a great story. And it happened today. Yeah, it just happened today, didn't it? Yeah, a couple hours ago. Yeah. Crazy. Poor guy. Speaking of birds. Yeah. Katie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Where they poke your eye out. Yeah, yeah. That's what made me think of it. Oh, that poor dude. Well, listen, that was uh, killer animals, I guess you'd say. Man-eating animals, right? Mm -hmm. What'd you think? Yeah. Disturbing, as always. Yeah. Yeah, buddy. So listen, make sure to stop over to our official website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com. And at our website, you can buy some super sweet merchandise at our store where you can get, uh, you know, America's second favorite podcast t-shirt. You can also get Jersey Raccoon t-shirts. You can get all kinds of cool stuff. So get on over there, support the show, and get some cool gear. Also, get get over there and check out our sponsors like Dr. Squatch Soap. Because Dr. Squatch is, of course, changing the way men approach hygiene by providing all-natural, high-quality, healthy products. I love my Dr. Squatch, and my wife can attest. Yeah. And you said you've actually used it a couple times. Yeah. Yeah. It smells amazing. It it does It's good, especially the ones with the pumice in it. Oh, I love it so much. So get on over there, get yourself some Dr. Squatch. You can get 20% off your first subscription. Just head on over to themidnighttrainpodcast.com. Click on Sponsors, and then get yourself some soap. Right? Correct. Right. So if you like what you've heard from us, and listen, consider being a producer of the show. You can go over to our website, themidnighttrainpodcast.com, and click on the Patreon button, or go to patreon.com forward slash accidental dads. And for as little as $5 a month, you can get all kinds of cool stuff like custom shirts, custom posters, bonus episodes out the wazoo, which you've been on numerous times with me. Yes, and I apologize for anything that I have said. Well, normally we're... Extremely inebriated during those. Yes. Uh, is this the first regular episode you've ever done with me? I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Oh, well, welcome. Yeah. First sober one, too. First, I know. <laughs> Breaking all kinds of rules today, aren't we? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so, yeah, get on over there, support the show, get yourself. Uh, we have so many bonuses, and you can also get bonuses from uh, Icons and Outlaws over there, too. So, you're getting double the bonuses for, you know, five bucks a month, or you can, you know, get more for more stuff. You know what I mean? Like, you can always give us as much money as you'd like. You, you can do that. I'm just saying. Not you specifically, guys. I'm I, looking at yeah, you. Yeah, you got, you got it all. You got all my money. <laughs> so, yeah, get on over there. Help us produce this thing. Let's keep moving on. Let's try to keep going as much as we possibly can because that's what we do. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube. Um, Spotify, of course, if you're over there, rate us. You can also do that over at uh, Apple Podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it. And you can have your friends do that, too. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's just kind of what we do. So thank you guys so much for all the love and support you we've received from you. You passengers really do keep the uh, train moving. Thank you so much for listening. A very special thank you to our fearless executive producer, Patreon Poopers. <laughs> That's the right button. <laughs> to Amanda Denz, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Margaret Dempsey, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Hank Sanchez, Stacey Laconan, Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKenney, 
Trent Scott, Spencer Dunlap, Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Albert Lopez, Miles Campbell, Brian Gunsman, Margaret Atkins, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Escobar, Mac Doherty, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, Jenny, uh, Gina Madison, sorry Gina, Janet Sherell, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, Rob Webb over at the Fun Box Podcast, Christina Skelton, and Jessica Bartolome from the Sister Skelton Podcast. Make sure you check them out and tell them we sent you. Uh, Maria Gibbs to Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabenick, and Bill Birch. Oh, good for you. Yeah, I've got to get that sound bite in there because that hurts my throat every time I do it. Oh, my it. gosh, that was strange. She's looking at me like I've been possessed. By I, well, you said Bill, and then yeah. you started. Bill Birch. Right. Do Our you buddy do Bill. That every time you say Bill? Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's just something we've been doing for a very long time. Huh. Yeah. So listen, spread the word, and if you want your name to be mentioned on the show right here and and be associated with these amazing people that help us out, you know, just get on over there and uh, sign up to be a Patreon producer, get the bonuses, and support the show, right? Right. Grace. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. I greatly appreciate it. I'm tired. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to bed. Okay. All right, stay safe out there, folks. And as always, you say it again? I'm sorry. Bye, guys. Choo-choo, motherfuckers! Now go home and get your fucking shine box.